Hello, and welcome to the Biting the Hand podcast with your co-hosts, Nax and Julia. Join us as we discuss queer media, media with queer subtext, and media adopted by the queer community. We discuss movies, television, and music, as well as larger trends in the entertainment industry. Join us as we discuss things that are otherwise considered biting the hand that feeds us. But we ask, what happens if we do? So we have haunted audio. Oh my gosh. I swear it's like every time we decide we're going to record, it's like seven different things are like, I'm not going to work. And it's like, oh, great. So (laughs) we just troubleshooting. We were just troubleshooting for like an hour and a half. So don't mind us. (laughs) (laughs) If we seem angry or. um, So welcome to Biting the Hand podcast. Hello. Um, This is our like review sort of of 2019 of some of our faves yeah 2019 faves things we're looking forward to in 2020 i guess i mean i didn't really do a lot into that but yeah so yeah i didn't either (laughs) i made a little uh bonus episode uh that's going up on our patreon it actually went up this morning so that's fun um I'm probably going to edit a little snippet of that, and, um, yeah, so, welcome to our show. <laughs> um, um, do you want to go first this time? I feel like I always go first. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Hello, I'm Nax. Uh, I live in Seattle. I'm a visual artist. Um... Or I make a lot of memes. Quality memes. I make very niche. <laughs> goth memes. memes. Hashtag goth memes. I peeped that tag. Hashtag like... ska goth. <laughs> that's anyway, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, and I'm Julia. Um, I am a visual artist and queer goth lesbian lady <laughs> who's currently wearing two separate chains that i got for christmas so amazing fun little christmas chain haul yeah i got my little my little kyanite wire wrapped I'd love i'm i'm a i'm a real witch now guys watch out <laughs> you know that sateen song now she's a witch that's about me. I didn't react to a lot of that because the audio went out again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, reconnecting. I'm just going to give FaceTime a second to uh, try to unlag itself, hopefully. Yeah. No. 
were. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Ah. <laughs> Let's try that again. This is cursed. Seriously? Okay. It is, it is active. It's recording for real. Alright. Okay. I'm also recording for real. Alright, take how many fucking ever. Uh, <laughs> oh, you went faster than I thought you were gonna be. I'm sorry. Gosh. Okay. It's okay. Alright, we're back for real. Maybe so we, we introduced ourselves. Maybe we should talk about the stuff we want to talk about. Before All right. FaceTime decides that we're not allowed to talk about stuff anymore. So, what did you want to talk about in your 2019 wrap-up? Now that we're halfway into January. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um... Basically, I hate award shows. In my little January bonus episode, I kind of talk about how I think that some of these award shows are kind of bullshit. We were talking about it before we started recording. Basically, the proof is in the pudding because the only A24 film that was at the Golden Globes that was nominated for anything was The Farewell, which was one of the, like probably 10 movies they released this year one of which being midsummer which is like yeah. um from the same people who made hereditary or the same guy darren aronofsky yeah or no that's not mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. yes it is him uh it's from i this- literally have it on my list um but yes made by the same no pe- not darren aronofsky but it was made by the same people who made hereditary the same guy Yes, the yeah. same guy. Um, he has like a name, Darren. It's d- definitely not him. It's definitely um, not him. He's the guy who made Mother. Um, and everyone lost Ari Aster. Uh, Ari Aster. It's like a white, like, uh, same sounding name. They sound very similar. I'll give myself they, a pass. Um, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to be like, they are not. The same. I, Darren Aronofsky has a different type of surrealism where Ari Arts, it's like, you can sit down. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure I pissed off a bunch of people with that. I don't really care. Stan. Um, but the thing is, is that Hereditary got a lot of buzz, I guess just because it had Tony Collette in it. I don't like. She's amazing. She is amazing. And we talked about that too. Um, yeah. She... She was also in Itania last year, January 2018 or something. Um, and she was amazing. From the end of 2017. Yeah. She was. Yeah, I still haven't seen that. Amazing. In that. Well, I really like that movie just because um, I, I think it, well, okay. I really like Margot Robbie. That's not a, that's not a secret. Um, I won't, I won't let that be a secret because I really do really like her. <laughs> Um, I fucking literally watched Suicide Squad for her, and I was like, I knew this was gonna be bad, and it was. Oh, man, that movie was bad. Uh, That was a bad movie. She was not the best part of that movie, I'm sorry. But I think even... There was no good part in that movie. (laughs) Okay, 
I think the good part was Cara Delevingne and like the shitty special effects that they used on her and how she just that like, was she funny. walked so weirdly that was sexy funny and it was just like, as what fuck. the fuck is going on? Okay, we're not talking about Suicide <laughs> we're not Squad. Talking about Suicide Squad, but um, there is there is a movie um, that I wanted to see because she's in it, also because Kate McKinnon is in it. Um, Bombshell. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. I heard about that. It's about basically the process of outing Roger Ailes, the head of Fox News, for being a sexual predator and for harassing and basically hiring beautiful blonde women so that you they can You have to adopt the mentality of an Irish street cop. The world is a bad place. People are lazy morons. Minorities are criminals. Sex is sick but interesting. Ask yourself what would scare my grandmother or piss off my grandfather. And that's a Fox story. Oh, it makes so much sense. Women are everywhere. We're letting them play golf and tennis now. HR's on the phone because you called me a skirt. Yeah, it's, yeah. I gotta read that manual again. <laughs> the attitude off camera was even worse. You're a man-hater. Learn to get along with the boys. You're sexy, but you're too much work. I have a whole list. Will other women come forward? And, right, and like a like a Charlie's Angels situation, but bad. like actually really creepy. <laughs> yeah, um, like he wanted that to be the the thing, but like that's not how it works in real life. Yeah, and <laughs> I I didn't I haven't seen it, so I can't say. Um, but I yeah. do think it's really interesting this idea of people doing deeply feminist things and not considering themselves feminist and it's kind of annoying because it's like okay why can't you see that stopping the oppression of women by men is feminism like but also it's just not it's just ending shitty people and hey maybe feminism is about ending shitty people like right just yeah so but yeah so exactly um it's that's disappointing yeah, so I, I haven't seen it, um, but I do think that the whole premise is very interesting. Um, it's it's um, Margot Robbie as um, a new woman who gets hired and gets harassed, um, oh. and Charlize Theron is Megyn Kelly, and holy fucking shit, she looks exactly like i saw i saw the fucking that's creepy i saw the fucking commercial i was like so did they legit just get megan kelly like i I don't so like even her like mannerisms and stuff like no like just like doing her she just really looks like her just the way that she like that's weird i'm like yeah fuck you really look like her that's Um, so funny and then Kristen wig um, yes. Yeah. There's someone else. There's another actress who's in it. It's gonna bug me. Um, but it's so funny because um, when I went to see Uncut Gems, um, it this was when I was visiting family, and every once in a while we're just like, well, we had like a day to spend, so um, me and my family went to the movie theater, and so my brother, my mom, and my dad all watched. The new Star Wars movie, and I was like, "No, I really want to see Uncut Gems." <laughs> so I watched. Oh, so you it watched alone. it alone? Yes. Oh my, oh my God, that's the best part of it. <laughs> well, 
So then Oh I, my I god, was, no I was, way. I was waiting for my uh for my parents. No, I don't want to fucking see Star Wars. No, I want to see cut gems. <laughs> that's really that's really how it went it's down. Really good. It was like this movie seems cool and I really hate Adam Sandler, but I really want to watch this movie. So I did. Hell yeah. And it was fucking great. It sounds great. Yes. Um but while I was waiting for my parents, my brother to get out of their movie, because it started and ended a little bit after mine, um, <laughs> I heard these two old ladies coming out of the bombshell theater, and they were like, yeah. and what is Megan Kelly doing? Not a fucking thing I know of. And I'm like, fuck, these ladies. Jeez. I was like, shit, that's some shade. Shit. Um, yeah, so I, Damn, I don't know uh, what damn. I was going to say about that, but just, uh, you were like, I was like, what's the oh, context? Fuck, I have no context to this, but I'm fucking cackling. <laughs> Cause like, that's so goddamn funny. Listen, I, I love, I love old ladies. <laughs> I know I was like fucking burn, but I think, I think they were like pro Fox news ladies. So I'll like, yeah. Not like go them, but also like I love shade towards Megan Kelly because like I don't I don't like her because she sat back for a bunch of deeply problematic things that Fox News was doing, and as soon as it was problematic to her, she took a stand, and I was kind of like, yeah. But maybe you should think about how the actual journalism that you're doing right. is fucking hurting people. Like maybe. Yeah. There's consequences to that, and that's why. Yeah. And yeah. she she got a show after very publicly leaving Fox News. She got a show on NBC, and I think it got mm. canceled, like, really quickly because nobody liked it. And it was just, like, weird because it was like, okay, so you're not on Fox News. You're trying to turn over a new leaf, but this just seems super disingenuous. Like, it's bizarre. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to see this in 2020 is what you're saying. Yes, I do. I, I do. This movie caught my eye and I still do want to see it. It's probably not going to be the movie that I think it is, but I'll still see it. So that's yeah. one for me. Um, I'd see it. Another movie I really want to see is Queen and Slim. Can I ask you something? What took you so long to respond to me? I sent you a very well-crafted message three weeks ago. And today, out of the blue, you hit me up asking if you want to grab dinner. What changed? I didn't feel like being alone. Not tonight. So you turned to Tinder. So what happens tonight? Did you think we were going to have sex? Nah, <laughs> No. I thought we were going to hang out, maybe get to know each other. Field execute a turn signal back there. We're going to ask you to step out of the vehicle for me. Could you please hurry up? What did you say? It's just cold. Get on the ground! Keep your hands where I can see Why is he under arrest? What is your badge number? Chill, just chill! I'm reaching for my cell phone! Now let's go. When the other brother away, the other mother you stay Cop killers! Cop killers! It was self-defense. We're in the black Bonnie and Clyde. In the city breaking and everybody shaking up with How you gonna outrun the police? We don't have to outrun them. We just have to make sure they don't know where we are. This is Kentucky, my friend. There's a war going on out there, and you welcome this into our home? Is this y'all? Y'all really gave us something to believe in. We needed that for real. Let them go! 
Like y'all remove Black Panthers? Power to the people. All we can do is go forward. There is nothing back there for us. Um, <gasps> yeah, I want to see that too. I've, I've heard mixed reviews, but um, this was my same feeling with Ma, the um, Octavia Spencer horror movie. Right. Um, about her like fucking with some high school kids. Something generational trauma. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I defended that movie. I mean, I heard it was bad because it was kind of like cringy and just like really, really cookie cutter. But the only thing that's not cookie mm. cutter is they just put in Octavia Spencer and they don't really acknowledge some things that having a having someone who's traditionally in a domestic worker's job and is typically what people think of when they think of a domestic worker like an overweight right. black woman like i think there's so yeah. much more that they could have done but i still defend it. it well i still defend it because it's like listen if they're allowed to make 20 fucking annabelle movies i'm allowed to be okay watching one fucking horror movie with octavia spencer being fucking crazy like that's that's fine that's that's good yes <laughs> And that's, that's kind of where I am with Queen and Slim. I saw, I, it's funny. Okay. Um, my, I, I haven't looked up a lot of newer movie trailers. So, like, I know <laughs> about them, but I, I like, I don't know. It's not because I don't like spoilers because I don't really care about spoilers. But I think now that I'm kind of disconnected from, like, obviously most people our age don't have television. And I don't really, like, mm -hmm. look up new movies or trailers. Um... I feel yeah, like I, I can enjoy the movie a lot more without the yeah. hype. It's not the spoiler. It's the hype of the spoiler. Like, well, who if somebody tells me the ending, mm -hmm. I'll, it's fine. Like, but if somebody's hyping it, I'm like, I can't address my own opinion then. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know if that's how you feel about Yeah, well, about like, <laughs> the only reason I knew about Queen and Slim is because uh, Lena Waithe, who... Um, mm -hmm. She's been doing a lot, um, and she, I mean, she's most known for, I think, being the lesbian black friend in Master of None, and I actually really liked how they addressed her character and her sexuality. I forgot about... Yeah, it was yeah. like, that was like two years ago, so I understand. Yeah. Um, but she, Yeah, I haven't, I haven't... She's been... So yeah, um, but she's been taking like a producerial route, and I think she's um, involved with like AT and T's like Greenlight Project, which helps um, emerging filmmakers get like a budget and like producer oversight. Wow. Yeah, so she's really cool. cool. Um, so a lot of production kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think she has. I think she has a show that's coming. Um, it's kind of hard to. You know, because, like, sometimes when all that stuff is, like, behind the scenes and you don't really know anything's happening until they, like, release a trailer out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, shit, I guess you're doing right. this thing. Um, yeah. But I guess she had she had her hands in some of the behind the scenes for Queen and Slim. I think that just the idea of, like, this premise of, like, a black runaway running from the law type of thing it just feels so like so appropriate for the time <laughs> like it feels like yeah 
well, and especially, like, obviously neither of us can talk because we're not, we're both white, but. Yeah. I, I definitely get, yes, I want to be a lawful person, but I don't want mm-hmm. to um, benefit and I don't want to aid the, you know, the harm of people in my community. So why would I, right. why would I, um, you know, f- obey? I'm trying to figure out the word I'm looking for, but... Yeah, I know what you're saying, though. Like, why would you want to help that? I I don't really know why I went on that rant, but... Queen and Slim! (laughs) That's one you want to see. That's definitely one I want to see. Just because, like, I'm sure that there will be formulaic moments because the kind of runaway... Yeah. Story is kind Runaway, of Runaway tropey, yeah. Yeah, but I... I think that it's a perspective I'm wanting to see. I like I mm-hmm. swear to God, if they're allowed to make five fucking taken movies, why aren't we allowed to have one <laughs> fucking five Annabelles and five Takens? It's why true. can't we have one movie? It's true. And then like us <laughs> It's We so need it better. True. Well, this is all we get right now. Yeah. That's it sucks. Fucking animal. Take who's wanting who's wanting these Ice Age movies? Who? Who wanted the B movie musical? Not me. <laughs> Who wanted Frozen 2? Oh wait, every every child. Every child. Every child. I mean two quick things. Um I did see Us by Jordan Peele. I can't believe how big they've got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? 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 Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. <laughs> There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. really good yes, i still haven't um so i think i i told you this because i saw it earlier this year i think i saw it right in like the fall of last year um and the first okay. time i saw it i was like okay i'm going with this it makes sense and then it started kind of devolving and i was like what this doesn't make any sense what's going on and then like the ending i'm mm. like wait what the fuck what? No. This is fucking stupid. I hate this shit. This is bullshit. This is some Because M. of the Night ending? Sh- M. Night Shyamalan oh. bullshit. M. Night <laughs> Literally. But, but, I thought about it. And I thought about it overnight. And I was like, holy fuck, this movie is fucking genius. Oh. So, I'm not trying to fucking spoil it. But, let's just say... 
that you will be blindsided but then okay. I saw, hit by a truck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it's no I see dead people, but you know it's it is very kind of okay. like oh fuck, like you're gonna pull oh. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But okay. I watched it a second time the next day, so I I was kind of like oh, oh. now oh. I want to see like all the things, and it it is foreshadowed and but so subtly and like. The thing that I love about Jordan Peele is, like, he, his movies are so detailed. And, like, this, I I really liked this movie. A lot of people compared it to Get Out and they thought Get Out was better. I think Get Out is more digestible. Mm. It's more easy to understand. Okay. It's a little bit more straightforward. From watching Get Out, it is. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know how Us is. And I'm sure, yeah. I think that... I think there's nothing wrong with a straightforward movie. Um, no. Especially since it's, like, his directorial debut. So, how, like, right. I, I cut him some slack. Um, I think yeah. Us really improved as far as, like, something that can be analyzed. Something that has symbolism. Like, there are so many motifs that you're like, okay, mm. this has got to fucking mean something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's... I like that it kind of begs to be, you know, it's it's like it's like a like a like a baklava, you know? Mm, it's like layers. It's it's got that flaky pastry on the outside, but you it's begging <laughs> for you to kind of dig in and get all the mm. delicious shit on oh, the inside. So baklava. Mm, yeah, that I sounds so good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm really high right oh, no. now. Movie tastes like food. Movie, <laughs> I love movie. But yeah, um, us us was really good. Um, he has a movie coming out this year called Antebellum. I'm super excited for that. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think I can take a break now. <laughs> um. So I didn't have like a look forward to mm-hmm. list. I didn't. Look, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but I I made like a short list of yeah. all the movies that I have. I was like my top movies. Honestly, Letterbox said that I watched sixty movies. Um, oh. so I I don't remember, and I can't <laughs> go all the way back to like scroll and like yeah. look at them all. So it's archived, but not really. So I like picked a few. Um, so I have a list. Okay. Um. I think I'm going to go from the bottom up. So the first one that I put on here is FTA from 1972. Um, FTA stands for Fuck the Army. I'm gonna get me a watchdog. What you need a watchdog for, Sarge? You're surrounded by 250 armed men. That's why I'm gonna get me a watchdog. <laughs> no Vietnamese ever ordered me to fight. They never flew over my hometown to bomb me. So I have to say, Foxtrot, Tango, Alpha. Free the army. Mr. President, there's a terrible demonstration going on outside. 
Oh, there's always a demonstration going on outside. Um, I think it's labeled as FTA, so it just doesn't blatantly say fuck the army. Yes. Um, but I kind of wish it did because that's the point. Um, so it's too... My critique on fuck the army of FTA is it's too soft. Like, just say fuck the army. <laughs> just like, say it, pussies. <laughs> just say it. Um, it's Jane Fonda and... Um, Oh my gosh, what is his name? Um, Donald Sutherland. Mm. And they are, uh, it's, a, it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. And they're protesting the war in Vietnam in the, in the like early 70s, late 60s. Yeah. Um, and so they, they like went on this tour. And there's all of these um, people that are acting and like um, acting out like, skits and their their songs and their like rallies and they like talk to a lot of the soldiers and there's like interviews um with like civilians Mm -hmm. um there's one part where they go to the philippines um Mm -hmm. and the filipino people are like fuck the united states fuck you people uh it's often not talked about i wonder why that we also fucked up the philippines too like a lot we fucked up the philippines so horribly but this movie doesn't even talk about that yeah um but i like how even jane fonda like explains she's like these people are angry because clearly they did not deserve for this to happen to them and like honestly jane fonda um the only problem with this movie (laughs) jane fonda i love her i love love her um i stand um auntie fonda as the group chat calls her Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I I just saw my audio like freak out. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know, Danny has married into the Fonda family. Oh yes. Danny is married to a Fonda. It's Jane Fonda's niece. Not not her you know her niece. Not direct, but it's her niece. Not her blood. Close enough. But she Um anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Jane Fonda's great. Um, she's still like out there like protesting every day. Mm -hmm. And like my only criticism with the movie is like they like my critique is it's too soft. It Mm -hmm. needs to be angrier. And secondly, um, they never really talk about communism. They talk Mm. about communism, but it's such a neoliberal kind of like they're like they'll choose to do it they're not just they're not marxist about it it's not Mm. like a communist perspective it's like a liberal's perspective on why people can choose to be communist um or Mm. like they do use the words like Mm anti-imperialist which is funny because that's like a marxist term (laughs) and like it goes hand in hand with communism so i'm like Mm -hmm. jane fonda didn't you know that that's communism like yeah so that's my critique of that yeah, it's it's hard because I find that people in America are so hard-coded liberals that yeah. they just believe that that is democracy and they don't realize that like okay, this idea, you know, these these ideas of how economy should be run and how wealth is distributed like naturally in the economy that mm-hmm. that those naturally. are well yeah that those are <laughs> those are deeply problematic to i mean not only people who 
you know, areas that don't have a liberal foundation that that exactly. that's not natural in some way and that we need to tell them like hey guys we know you're doing your own thing but uh this thing that we have is really fucking great and we're gonna impose it on you right fucking now and if you don't follow us yeah. we'll fucking kill you like you know what i mean like gotta stop them before they also destroy us like well, they're like, not trying to destroy you exactly you fucking idiot well and that that was definitely a very cold war idea and i can yeah. kind of forgive them for that because you know this idea that russia and china are expanding their reach and in a way they kind of were and that's shitty, and that's I feel like that's also imperialist, but like yeah. like so many things, like it can be both, <laughs> you know, like that you know no value system is inherently, you know, preventable from people abusing it. So right, right, right. Like yes, that's why the Soviet Union crashed. Exactly. It's like <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Too many bad <laughs> men are bad, basically. Yeah, men and, bad. Um, men bad. Men are bad, and <laughs> you should. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good movie, and now <laughs> that we're going to war again, I feel Ugh. like it is in best interest that everyone goes and watches mm -hmm. this fucking movie because mm -hmm. it's really good. That makes me kind of want to bring up Catfight. I know that I talked about it in the bonus episode. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> it's it's like the last movie I talk about because it was like one of the last movies I saw. Um, yeah. How many glasses is that for you? Whatever. <laughs> Jesus drank wine. Can you imagine if we land this contract tonight? Now what do you think of when you look at that? It makes me think of the worst thing I can imagine. Jesus, you look like someone I went to college with. Hi, Veronica. Oh my god, this is my husband's party. Wow, I thought those guys were gay. My husband's not gay. No, I know, I know. We have a beautiful son. Why is it? Oh, you're pathetic. You're a caterer, Ashley. You're a pulpy wife, Veronica. Mrs. Salt, you've been in a coma for two years. What? You sold all the work. Oh my god. I'm happy you regained consciousness when you did. You're out of money. <laughs> but Catfight is really interesting because it's in this, like, kaleidoscope view of American society. Mm -hmm. And there's this fictitious, fictitious, I say in quotes, <laughs> um, war. And it's sad because it's like, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's a war in the Middle East. It doesn't say why it started, but just the context of being in America in the mm -hmm. 2010s, now 2020s. Right. Um, we know, we, I mean, we know, we know yeah. whatever bullshit that, you know the government is gonna make up that oh yeah. they're they're doing something so we gotta go stop them or they're doing something in the name of terror so we have to stop them and it's like uh just but I, that's in the, thing the name that of terror me. yeah well in the name of the war on terror right yeah um but just like 
that this war, it's not, like, it's not objectively good or bad. Like, it serves as a function in the movie as, like, a backdrop. Mm. And how, basically, for Sandra Oh, it essentially takes away her son. Her son enlists. Um... And he dies in the war. I really want to see this. It's a really fucking weird movie, but I really liked it. Uh, And the fights are so brutal, which is, like, so interesting because it's, like, that having this commentary on war in the backdrop of, like, these two women, like, utterly beating the shit out of each other. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, man. I want to see that shit. It's pretty interesting. And like I wonder what that could be about. Uh, <laughs> but it's so uh, interesting. What kind too of that, drugs like, were they on when they made this movie? <laughs> um But it's interesting too that like they tackled a subject like violence through a feminine perspective. Yeah. Like there's I think probably like four or five male characters and they're all really like just supporting cast like you have Sandra O's husband you have a doctor you have a male nurse and you have like an uh, an art gallery guy and like it it's just so interesting that they're using a feminine voice to address things like war and violence <laughs> Especially since war and violence are so, for lack of a better term, American, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and that that the war kind of ruins Sandra O's oh life, but Anne Heche gets a career for her freaky art and her mm. art that's all about suffering. People now that it's wartime, they can appreciate it, and right. then when the war is over they're like bruh this is fucking hard shit i don't want to deal with this anymore and it, oh. i don't want to spoil it but it's it's just interesting That's because great. yeah and and it's definitely i think tackling that idea of like is art exploiting the pain of other people like, art that is about expressing collective pain, is yeah. that inherently exploitative? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. But also, that doesn't mean that that art shouldn't be made, because it is expressing, you know, pain. that... Exactly. And yeah, that- I was thinking about that the other day, of, like, if you're even showing your own pain towards a certain subject, if it's, like, a very particular subject... Who's to say that that very specific particular thing that pertains to you isn't actually hurting someone else, but it's like literally Mm -hmm. helping you stay alive and live. So it's like, should we make art at all if it's just making other people suffer? Exactly. Well, and that like, uh, and that was an interesting thing in Sorry to Bother You also. Yes. Yes, exactly. That, you know, you can have this anti-establishment message that is bought and sold like any other commodity and you know how does that how does that mesh you know you have an anti-establishment message 
while profiting from the establishment. Like, and as an artist, it's like, yeah. Uh, You have to. (laughs) You literally have to. Like, I have to. What am I going to do? Starve? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that movie. Oh, that movie's so great. Yeah, I gave it a little... I gave it two separate shout-outs, actually, I think. Yeah. This bump. Yeah. So, I I think that's one that... Um, uh, we definitely want to talk about Catfight. Yeah, yes. whole episode. Yes. Um, should I go up my list? Yeah, keep going. Shorter. Sorry, didn't so, mean to. So, no, it's okay. I like really want to see that now. Catfight. Um, yeah. So, midsummer. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity, and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for, like, a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. It's I, the next okay. one. I really <laughs> wanted to see this movie. I almost saw Did it. Did I ruin it? No. Um, I almost okay. saw it with this girl on like a pseudo date. And then we didn't go. Mm. And everything that I've heard about the movie is like, maybe that good. was a good call. <laughs> I think you told me about that because I was like, that doesn't sound like a date movie. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really didn't know much about it. Just people said it was really good. I heard like mm-hmm. some, one, my friend that I went with was like, it looks really white. I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, but I was so shocked the first 10 minutes. I was talking to my other one of my other friends, and we were like, the first 10 minutes of that shit scared the fuck out of me. Um, and it was, like, the scariest thing. And it, it was really funny because reading reviews on Midsummer and listening to the audience reaction, completely opposite. And I mm-hmm. think that's because, like, half of the audience knows that trauma that's happening in the movie and the other mm-hmm. half of the audience who is like uncomfortably laughing is not does not understand anything about family trauma doesn't mm-hmm. understand anything about mentally ill people doesn't understand anything about having panic attacks or feeling alone and feeling it like you don't have a family mm-hmm. and feeling like you have a bad relationship i love this movie <laughs> yeah um the so the beginning of it was really, like, inventive, I think, and mm-hmm. um, really interesting. But, like, the part when they actually go to Sweden, I think it does mm-hmm. fall apart a lot on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I do have problems with it there. I don't think that, like, the whole purpose is for the main actor. Oh, what is her name? She is so good. Oh, I have never seen... I have never seen anyone portray anybody having a panic attack in a movie like she is having a panic attack in this movie and i'm like holy shit that's me i that is so weird it's amazing anyway but i think that 
and they're trying to portray like that she wants to kind of belong to the cult they're in yeah there's a cult okay yeah, um, yeah, yeah. um and they kind of like build up that she wants a family and i feel like mm-hmm. it loses its it like doesn't try hard enough to convince me that she belongs there so like at the mm. end she's like i belong here now i'm like eh, they could have shown a lot more they needed to really ground it because the beginning was so traumatizing but yeah. the end was like Maybe that was the point. Maybe she didn't need to feel that connected with it, but I didn't feel that connected with it. But I think I think maybe the point is that that it's open ended. That maybe Mm. she does belong there. Maybe it's Mm. just replacing a toxic family situation with another toxic family situation, which would be interesting to explore. I think. Yes. Um, Yes. So, yeah, saying it out loud made me realize that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, but I, I do agree. I think it's kind of like you have to you have to support both sides in the movie and you have to support mm-hmm. both possibilities the whole time for it to yeah. be open-ended. Yeah. And if they're if you're only showing one side and then it ends, it's kind of like, okay. But also, maybe this is really bad for her, or maybe right. it's really good for her. Like, yeah, I don't know. yeah. It was it was a weird ending. Yeah, but um, sorry, I liked I it. Yeah, um, her name is oh, I don't know what her name is. Mm, I should have looked all this up. Florence Pugh. I think so. P u g h. I mean, yeah. it's just starring, so I assume. Yeah. Yeah, Florence Pugh. Is that how you say her name? Probably not. <laughs> uh, that's just the I way don't I... want to try to pronounce it the other way. Yeah, yeah. I I looked up the the, the She's really um, good. I looked up the composer for Uncut Gems and it's like a French name and I'm like ah, I, I don't saw that. Know You're like ah. <laughs> the, com- the composer for Midsummer was really good at least in the beginning. I was real spooked. I was like Ooh. Oh, this is good. Um, Another A twenty four film. Yeah, Midsummer. Um, um. So the next one is Inferno from nineteen eighty. I do not know what price I shall have to pay for breaking what we alchemists call silentium. experiences of our colleagues should warn us not to upset laymen by imposing our knowledge upon them. The book! There are mysterious parts in that book, but the only true mystery is that our very lives are governed by dead people. It's a Dar- Dar- Dario Argento, which I can't pronounce because he's Italian. Um, our wonderful master of giallo. Um, Inferno yes. is like a Inferno's a giallo movie. He has a film that I heard was really good. Suspiria. And I remember it. Oh Suspiria. yeah, that one. <laughs> Suspiria. My favorite, um, I think, I think my favorite might be Inferno now, but I really mm-hmm. like Phenomena with Jennifer Connelly. It's like her first movie, and she's like in a river mm. of bodies at the end. And the uh, first time I saw that shit, oh, I was like, yes, oh you told my me about that. god, holy shit. I was like, oh my god, she's swimming in the bodies. I love that movie. <laughs> anyway, but Inferno. 
Okay, it is. Um, so it's really funny because the main character in this movie is a man. Um, and I've seen a few of his other movies. Um, and he, I think his, like, whole thing is he had a bad, like, family life. And he's got some mommy issues. And that's why a lot of women perish in his movies. This one is very <laughs> much, like women are witches which is like women are witches um but it's lit beautifully it's got this like opera they're like studying music in the movie um the ending is really mm. goofy um so Spirit it doesn't have the goblins dance. so like yeah. in all of his it, movies they're like in like some sort of school like in um phenomena it, it's kind of yeah they're all like in a school like um Phenomena. Jennifer Connelly goes to like a girls' school in Swiss in Switzerland. Um, in hmm. so apparently, um, Inferno is part of a trilogy, the Three Mothers trilogy mm. of Suspiria, Inferno, and the Mother of oh, Tears. I haven't seen the Mother of Tears. I don't know if you ever saw the Mother of Tears. It's like it's it's like um, when. What's his name? Did the Depression trilogy? The guy who made Antichrist. Oh. Oh, fuck. I'm gonna I'm gonna blank on it. Yes. Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier made uh the Depression trilogy, <laughs> and I think the first was uh I'm not gonna know, but um the second is Antichrist, and I think the third is Nymphomaniac. And apparently, Nymphomaniac was. Really oh, I heard bad. that one. Really <laughs> so bad. I haven't seen it. So. So it's like a trilogy, but not. Yeah. I think they're like kind of like spiritual sequels to each other. Yeah, they're not like really. Yeah, yeah. where they're all like they're yeah they're probably exploring the same yeah. themes or variations yeah. on a theme, but they're not like first, second, yeah. third, yeah. chronological. Yeah, probably. All right. Anyway, sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah. And then the next movie I saw that I really liked that we need to do a um a whole episode on was Candyman from 1992. Have you ever heard Candyman? If you look in the mirror and you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman. They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone, except Helen Lyle. I was watching that so, so high and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> holy shit. Oh my god, I can That's just, I, just all my reaction to good movies, yeah. I like, I'm like, holy shit, I love this. <laughs> oh. Whoa, bro, brother, <laughs> I love this film. It's yeah. just... I can't even go that I'd into say, it. It's just so good. <laughs> the score is... It's so good. So, ah! um, Girls Guts and Jallo, they did an episode on Candyman. And I had never seen Candyman. 
And I was like, okay, I know that Annie is going to spoil this, so I need to watch it first. So I watched it, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Did you watch it with headphones I was on? Like, no. Okay, so I watched it with headphones on, and his voice, it's got like this ASMR, and I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh yes. my god, he's so hot. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? I was like, uh, uh, I was like getting tingles. I was like, wow, this is great. Uh, Tony Todd. Tony Todd. That's who he yeah. is. Yeah. His, okay, I'm not gonna lie. Like, so I'm like major super gay. But when he, when, when she's like getting to her car and she's like putting shit in the, in the trunk and you hear, Helen. <laughs> I'm like, oh my. <laughs> She's like, what? And you're like, Helen, you dumb bitch, get in the car. Like, what? Girl. So that's the thing about like my monster movie boyfriend. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And like, you're like, I hate Helen. Helen is such a stupid bitch. Why is she? But, yeah. Like, not really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're like, Helen, holy Helen. fuck, you're an idiot. And then, but you're like, also, Tony Todd is like really hot and like I yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like you're like I hate you. I want you to be murdered, but also he can get it. Don't get murdered. Don't get murdered, but he can get it. But also he can get it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, oh um, my god. <laughs> That's I was so <laughs> depressed that I was like this isn't scary. But also, like, I saw, like, slasher horrors. Don't do it for me. I'm just... Mm. Paranormal activity. Don't, yeah. don't, don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, Clive Barker. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. <laughs> Clive Barker, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Hellraiser since so... 2016 when I was really depressed. <laughs> so well, I don't remember um, it, but I liked but it. I will say... The beginning of that movie did legitimately scare me because it's all practical effects. Mm -hmm. And, like, the viscera is so so real. Like, and, like, it's because it's, like, really there, really being impacted by the light and, like, sticky and shiny. It looks looks tangible. Like, Like, all that shit looks so... Exactly. It's real. It's really in the room, you know? like amazing. Love that, practical facts. That's my whole thing of like, yes. Um, and I love, I think Stan Winston did the mm-hmm. effects for that. And I, he probably didn't do the effects for Candyman, but he, he's done a lot of like background effects, a lot of special effects work for Clive Barker. And he also did the, I mean, he's done fucking like everything. Right. So what yeah. hasn't Stan Winston done? That was kind of one of my like major points of why why I really like Guillermo yeah. del Toro movies because he relies on practical effects and it fucking yeah, it shows. Like, I said this when I was talking about Hellboy. The reason that I gathered why people don't like the new Hellboy is because it looks like... Garbage. Fucking, what's his name? with? Well, it, it looks like a guy with a red filter and, like, shit CGI'd him. It doesn't look yeah. real. There's no real light interacting with it it's all in cg world whereas like 
Hellboy is like in New York. He's in a subway. Like you, like his face is painted red, and like the he light can like sweat it like it's skin. Like it would if his face right. was red. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why people liked Baby and Yoda so much. They didn't like, no one gave a fuck about that show, but they liked Baby Yoda because we need puppets and practical effects. Exactly. Like, d- it's not about just Baby Yoda being cute. It's because the fucking puppet is amazing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why Yoda was so yeah. impactful because it, it's so it's fucking amazing. like. Love. Um, anyway, puppet rant. I have, I have so many. Like, I, I could rant for hours about how new CG looks so worse than yeah, old CG. Because cats. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> not even... Are we going to talk about cats? I've not seen cats. No. 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 Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to lie, though. I was very close to I being kinda like, wanna see it. Um, instead of seeing Uncut Gems, I was like, I really want to see cats. Oh. But then I was like, okay, no, I want to give my money dollars to something that is I'll good. I'll torn it or something. And I don't. I, <laughs> exactly. Um, TV yes. things that I really like. I'd like you um, to get up Euphoria. And tell us a five-minute story about your summer. Hey, I'm Rue. I'm an addict. You're about to start a brand new chapter. Some new girl in town that I think you're gonna be friends with. I'm real. I'm Jules. Suddenly, the whole world goes dark. And nothing else matters but the person standing in front of you. I'm envious of your generation. You guys don't care as much about the rules. They're just reaching for something to make it all seem meaningful. Every time I feel good, I think it'll last forever. But it doesn't. Nothing lasts forever. I've got an idea. Should I be concerned? You think because I went to rehab, I saved Glee? I really like that show. Okay, the reason why I like that show so much is because there are no labels attached to the characters. I like that. So, um, Jules... um, (laughs) So Jules. I know, right? Um, But Jules is a trans teenage girl and at the end of the first episode you see her injecting herself with hormones and Mm. you see like not flat underwear i'll say so there is a hint but they never say she's a trans girl she's you know they never put a name to her it's just Mm. her and i think that's so I think that when you talk to trans people, that's so much more what the experience of being trans is. There's no universal trans experience. It's personal. Yes. Like the way the way that everyone 
expresses themselves in general is completely different from yeah. every other person. So why would their gender expression be yeah. any different, you know? Yeah, they, they, they're like, and why do I need to explain this all the time? Like, people think that is, like, what happens. It's like, no, I'm just living my life. I don't, this is just, like, a thing that I deal with. And that one trans woman's experience and her experience with her own gender completely. is completely different than every other trans woman's experience with their own gender. Exactly. And that's not even including non-binary trans yeah. people. And um, I noticed that, I'll say. Um, and it totally hits home to the classic lesbian dilemma <laughs> of, are you my friend or do I want to fuck you? Like, <laughs> it, it is one million percent wow. that and it's like oh hurts this yes yes i'm i'm fucking 22 and i still yeah. feel that like <laughs> it's such a big gay thing so, big big mostly yeah, lesbian thing i don't know because there's there's this idea that like women take sex so much more seriously yeah. and that sex is so much more of an emotional yeah. thing with women that um how am i supposed to grapple with want with with knowing someone so deeply and so connected and that to you that's so i don't know it's it's just it's so interesting and that aren't seen well, and, on and, tv that's not talked about on yeah, TV. And it's talked about on the internet oh within no. queer communities, within like memes and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And and they don't they don't really outright say yeah. it, but it is definitely in the theme of how Rue, the main mm -hmm. character, um, and Zendaya's fucking mm, beautiful as yeah. well. I'm just gonna say it. Um, both of them, uh, Rue and Jules, I Hunter Schaefer, that's the actress who plays, um, that plays Jules, um, they are a real-life non-binary trans person, yeah. and it's, like, that's so it fucking cool that, and this is, like, her first time acting, Aww. but it seems really genuine, Aww. like, she used to be a model, or I guess they use yeah. they, them, but they used to be a model, and, um, they are an artist, and their art is really yeah. cool, and they just seem like a legitimately cool person, and I'm like, good for you. Like, good to see, like, quality queer representation. <laughs> like, oh, love Finally. it. Um, oh, another thing. Just jump right into it. It's like whatever, you know? Uh, You're about to get Tuka. Tuka? 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 Oh, yeah. I miss you. Birdie. 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 You're my best friend. You're smart. And get so bright. Wearing an article of clothing that's impossible to pin. I just pull it to the side. Ooh. Why do you never want to have fun adventures anymore? Since you've moved out, I feel like something's missing. Don't talk about me while I'm gone. We never do. I have an amazing idea. Follow me. No! Yes, I loved. I didn't finish it, Julia. <laughs> It's I okay. couldn't get the last um, the Christmas. I have a bad time when a show is really intense and it gets to the last episode, which is the most intense. I'm like, I can't watch. I can't finish it. Like, I look, gotta look away and hide under the couch. Like, I didn't finish it. So no, it is kind of sad. 
Well, and it's sad because Netflix hasn't picked it up for a second season. I don't fucking know why. I because I, they hate women. I'm fucking perplexed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, why else would they not? At first, I was like, I don't know if I like this. It's like joke a second, like joke, 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 and I'm like, oh, I can't pay attention <laughs> to this too much. And then I got really high and I watched three episodes and I was like, okay, now that I know the story and there's like characters and they have like feelings, I'm like, okay. I don't know why it takes me like three episodes to get into any show. I'm like, who are these people? Why are they in my house? No, that's They're fair. birds. They're talking to me. Well, and like, <laughs> who are these bird people? Bird people. Um, yeah. I mean, I really like it because it's so... It embraces the fact that it's animated. Yeah. It embraces the fact that it is a cartoon and it uses cartoon logic. I am so tired of animated movies and television not using fucking cartoon, cartoon logic. Lo- like you can get away with so much bullshit with cartoon logic. It's not like, supposed to make sense. It's why it's funny. Yes, exactly. Well, and that's why I liked um, the spider pig or whatever pork man oh the the pig pig spider-man in enter the spider-verse where he uses cartoon logic and it's like i love it and it's also voiced by john mulaney but you know oh i Um, forgot of course that's what that is i'm so silly oh my goodness yes yeah i really like toucan birdie um everyone every time i bring it up people are like is that bojack is this in the same universe as bojack and it's like first of all who cares Lisa, first of all, thank you. Um, second of all, <laughs> um, first of all, just because it's a show with people with with animal heads doesn't mean it's BoJack. BoJack didn't invent that. But also, Lisa Hanawalt, the um artist, the head of or like the artistic director or creative director of yes. BoJack created to good and birdie and this is her art style so yes it's similar because it's her art but <laughs> exactly like yeah but it's it's not as heavy not it as heavy. deals with heavy subjects and and i would say maybe even sometimes deals with heavier subjects but it does it with this amazing blend of humor and and just genuineness, like the episode where uh, Birdie is having a panic attack in the middle of like a, a oh, that grocery one store, so and she's funny. like, "Her yoga I mat love that house." That's one of my yeah, favorites. So <laughs> she has the candles and the facts. I'll just keep smelling them, it. and then they hold. It's so <laughs> then they hold a fucking court trial oh. with against the sex bugs the sex bug then she has a sex bug I band oh my god i love the sex bugs yes. sex bugs sex bugs i was like sexy sexy sex i was like bugs. laughing my ass off with ty and they were like what the fuck and i was like i love the sex bugs i love them yes well and like also um uh youtube use their folding ideas you know one of our fave one of we our stands. Um, he made we do stand. Um, he made an episode kind of talking about how Tuka and Birdie uses sex scene to to its advantage, yeah. and 
and how Tuca and Birdie is so much about relationships and how how we push each other's boundaries and how you know sometimes the person doesn't even know that the boundary exists and how there's no situation that demonstrates that more than the most intimate Mm, situation between partners you know so yeah uh, whereas whereas like 50 shades it's just like we're talking we're talking stop sex Okay, we're as, okay, uh, let's go. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as, as my boy Danny would say, that sex is good therapy. <laughs> you just gotta work on yourself. <laughs> ah. I'm sorry, that was gross. You introduced me to Satine this year, oh. and I'm so happy. Spent sending out negative vibes. Oh, how's it feel when you go to sleep at night? What do you tell yourself to justify your I, I did not know anything about Satine. Um, and then um, you were like, hey, do you know about this lesbian disco duo in New York yeah. called Satine? And I was like, but I want You're like, to. excuse me, where where is it? I needed it yesterday. Put it on my desk. Literally. They're great. Um and I I did do some research into them and they're like real New York City club kids that are just like they're fucking doing it, man. Like they're 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 they really be out here yeah. doing it. And I love that. So I think my favorite song is Karma's Gonna Get You. Yeah. Or karma? Is it just Karma? karma. I don't know. I think it's Karma. I think it's just Karma, karma yeah. But I I love that song. That's like that's like my ultimate like when when people are like coming after you. I don't know, just like whenever you feel like hyper negative and even if it's your like people anxiety and depression though even if it's your own intent even if it's your own internal monologue telling you this it's good to just kind of be like no like that's i am rubber you are glue whatever bounces off of me sticks to you like they are spending their time to be mad at you like that's on them there's nothing i can do about that and in the words of someone, if they ain't paying your bills, pay them bitches no more. I saw Sasha Galore. 
We haven't, have we, have we recorded since I saw her? I don't think so. Um, no. Probably, I just didn't mention it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? It's been a while. Um, but yeah, I, I drove to see Sasha Valor in Asbury Park, even though I live, like, <laughs> okay, so she threw a New Year's Eve show oh, in yeah. Brooklyn, and I was like, oh my fucking god, I would have gone to that if I was not dead tired from traveling but because like oh oh yeah i was i was really sick i'm i'm getting over it there's still a little bit (laughs) stuck in there still wake up and have to hack for now but yeah i saw sasha velour she was amazing um i think smoke and mirrors her tour is over now but if she tours again which she probably will um you should go see her Oh, fuck. <laughs> no! <laughs> but I, I think it's pretty easy to... I'll you'll figure, you'll it figure it out. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh. Sasha Valore. Oh, yeah, I I also saw Rocket Man. It was good. It was good. Perfectly. It was okay. Okay. It it. <laughs> so as a fat boy from nowhere, get to be a soul man. Got to kill the person you were born to be in order to become the person you want to be. I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. But that's my name. Yeah, I know. Well, you could be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I was trying to do something bold. Why is still something flashy? Can you even play the piano in those? Let them know who you are. And just don't kill yourself with drugs. So how does it feel to be a star? It's never gonna last. Let's just enjoy it while we can. Sleeping arrangements, Kato. All of this is gone. I just hope you realize you're choosing a life of being alone forever. Don't we want to just sing without this ridiculous paraphernalia? People don't pay to see Reg White. They pay to see Elton John. Sorry. It was good. It didn't really blow me away. Um, I really like Elton John, so I think I'm probably pretty biased. Um, I was kind of sad that they didn't show him meeting his current husband. That's weird, um, yeah. Yeah, um, especially since, like, they... They work together, they right? They both... Well, yeah, they both were, like, producers on the film, and, like, mm-hmm. Elton John's kids were there sometimes, and, like... That's kind of weird, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that was, like, a time or budget thing, or... Yeah, it was good. Um, I think the best part was definitely Taron Egerton. Um, I had seen him in Kingsman, and I was always like, oh, he's just, like, he's pretty good, but you know, he just kind of seems like one of those actors that only plays himself. Oh. And then he was in this, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you can actually act. Holy shit. Cool. Wow. Yeah. And, like, he can sing, and, like, he, uh, unlike... Um, and like Bohemian Rhapsody was actually his voice the whole time mm. but like <laughs> I mean 
to be fair, Elton has like so much more of a generic voice than Freddie. Like Freddie's voice is so yeah. specific. Freddie has that, a sound. Like, yes, it's because all he's got all the teeth in his mouth. But yeah, Rocker Man, it was it was pretty good. I thought I thought it was good as someone who's a fan of Elton John. Mm-hmm. I appreciated it. I appreciated the costuming. Yeah, that looked um, really cool. Oh my god, like, the beginning and end when he's in this fucking, like, devil outfit, it's, like, so theatrical. I and, like, love in the end, some he's, camp. Like, <laughs> yes. Well, and, like, that's the thing, too. It's, like, it felt campy, but not, not- earnestly campy in a way. Okay. I kind of wanted it to be a little more, like, self-aware camp. Like, I wanted it to be a little bit more meta. That would have been funny as fuck. Oh, Right? Yeah. Like, it... Yeah, I just... I wish that they had kind of been a little bit more meta just because I think it would have been more fun. Um, and I think, especially since, like, you have to be kind of meta when you're wearing, like, two-foot peacock wings and, like, covered in rhinestone. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, I would have liked that, I think, maybe because Elton John was so close to it. He wanted it to be very specific. Whatever. I mean, it... Yeah. And I think it was good that they they really did, I feel like, go into some of the, the low points of Elton John. Like, he basically OD'd the day before... Or, like, two days before doing his Dodger Stadium show. Yeah. And they fucking... Like, that whole sequence was so amazing, I think. Because it really shows how pop stars and these major stars and celebrities are really just handled. Yeah. Like, they don't matter. It's just about transporting them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're almost just, like, an object. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. I maybe wanted to see more that's of that. that's really funny kind of some of it that you say that because it reminds me of a specific <laughs> david bowie music video from the 80s <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <I> think... <laughs> unfortunately they're like transporting him like yeah well but like it's just interesting because it's like um it's it is like a whole fantasy sequence and it's like I just kind of wish that they had maybe leaned in a little bit more into the fantasy. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, if you're doing the Elton John fantasy experience, like, fucking go for it, dude. But, I don't know. It it was good. I liked it. Cool. Um, I should see it. Oh! A television show that I saw that I really liked. Uh, I guess it's not technically television. It's on Hulu. The Act. This is the state's case against Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She's got paraplegia, epilepsy, heart murmur, and she's allergic to sugar. Everything I do, I do for her. My mom is my best friend. All she wants to do is keep me safe. Gypsy! Have you been able to confirm the girl's medical history? Which part? Any of it. That's what being a mom is, never being sure you're doing the right thing, but doing it anyway. I'm with the Children's Division of Missouri Social Services. Oh, no. Open. <coughs> Gypsy's got the mind of a seven-year-old. How old are you? Oh, she's 15, born in 1995. I thought you said I was born in 1993. 
I'm just gonna ask you a few questions, all right? Can you read? Do you love me? Which is um, Joey King and Patricia Arquette um, playing the real life story of um, Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Oh. And just really goes, I mean, so I've always been fascinated in that case. Um, I have some, let's just say I have direct experience with people with Munchausen syndrome. Okay. Um, and Munchausen by proxy. Mm-hmm. And I think that they definitely, and not even just that, but like they definitely captured the abusive, manipulative nature of abusers. Yeah. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And and they really did focus on how trapped, um, how, how trapped Gypsy felt and how, um, how to her, there is no escape. Right. There is no, she has no life outside of her mother. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. Um, the way that they handled her relationship with the guy that she ended up killing her mother with was very interesting too. Um, how for her, she, she definitely idolized this relationship and, Hmm. and because she does, she doesn't know what a healthy, normal relationship, she doesn't know what a normal life is. Right, exactly. So she only has an idea of what this life is, especially as someone who is not allowed to grow up, who is essentially perpetually a baby, Yeah, you know, and she's, Mm. she's trying to find herself as someone who knows that she's an adult. And, you know, it's just, it's so, it brings up so many different themes and topics. And I feel like really, I mean, I think analyzes a lot of interesting aspects of that scenario and people were saying like oh well when when she gets out of prison because um uh gypsy is scheduled to i think she's being released sometime this or next year i don't know um but she she has um a new family situation it seems healthy she seems like she's in a completely different space she seems like she's an adult now um, I've seen some interviews with her, and um, she definitely seems like someone, like, she seems affected, yeah. but, like, in a healthy place. And people are like, oh, well, wait till she sees the show. And it's like, I don't think that she would be offended by the show. Right. Um, there, there are some moments that she probably didn't want the show to explore. Right. I think that they further bring people to her side right i think that showing the bad and you know and i mean the courts found that she she was unable to make a rational decision and that she was not given the tools to understand the situation exactly. she was in exactly. and to understand what a healthy situation would be and what she could do to realistically escape that situation she had no, she has no basis for reality at all 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like and reading comments for like the trailer to that, and I was like, I can't mm-hmm. read the comments. I started reading no, the comments, really and I was like, oh, people are horrible. They like don't. They're like, there's no excuse for killing anyone, and I'm like, oh, you uh, missed the whole point of this fucking show. I think the show handles it very interestingly. I think it it's very interesting to see how she is traumatized by killing her mother. Right. And that's something really interesting to yeah. me because they, they people really only tend to talk about um, Dee Dee's fraud, her the way that she manipulated, you know, her her and her manipulation. Right. But I think very rarely have people actually thought about the psychology of what being in that situation is of, like. Of like being abused and like trying to live out of it in any way and trying possible. to survive yeah. and escape yeah and that yes she's lost her abuser but she also lost her mom yeah and just this idea of like what of that losing means. a parent yeah. in that yeah well and and like that she is traumatized by that night and hearing her mother be killed and yeah. knowing that she could stop it and she didn't yeah like i don't just, yeah. just heavy I really stuff. liked it. Joey King, heavy stuff. Uh, Joey heavy King stuff. and Patricia Arquette were both nominated for Golden Globes. Wow. I think Patricia Arquette won, and I was like, oh fuck, like you really deserve that bitch because you good. got in there. Nice. Yeah, I I didn't even recognize her honestly. I was like, huh. <laughs> Because, oh my god, the makeup is amazing. I mean, Joey King really shaved her head. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I used I used to kind of, and I still kind of do scoff at, at Joey King sometimes, because she's in, like, just silly, dumb movies. Like, teen movies. Yeah, yeah, and, like, she was in Wish Upon, that awful horror movie <laughs> that made no sense, and she was just really bad in that. And I was like, oh, no, Joey King, are you going to be able to do this? And she really fucking did That's it. Good. She really did awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to get going. i got to walk the, the puppers. Okay. Should I – I should leave my, my few last, last uh, movies – so I have, I have like four. If you- I have four more, but I can blaze through them. Yeah, just go ahead. So my next one um, is Mansfield sixty six sixty seven. It's what a mess of a title. There's Jane Mansfield. She had a very short career, and uh, she got killed in a very bad way. A flaming, grinding car crash ended the bright movie career of famed Jane Mansfield on June 29, 1967. Jane Mansfield was a starry-eyed romantic. She had a passion for love and a passion for heart-shaped objects. So what's the mystery? I used to play the normal American girl. I remember she used to be on the Jack Benny show playing the violin. <laughs> she needed to be noticed. That was like a junkie needs drugs. She had to have publicity. Anton liked publicity, too. So they were a perfect pair. The founder and high priest of the First Church of Satan, Anton Zandor LeVay. And in the 1960s, he's gaining a lot of notoriety. So, stranger, do we have anything to talk about? She's always liked that dark side of things. Jane's big downfall was her addiction to attention. 
Um, it's from 2017. It's a documentary about Jane Mansfield in the years 1966 and 1967. It's really interesting because um, it talks about what was going on in the 60s and the hype of like pop culture and what it means to be in mm-hmm. the like in the spotlight. And mm-hmm. um, all of the people who are interviewed are like queer filmmakers and queer historians mm-hmm. and very famous and like John Waters is there and Kenneth <laughs> Anger is there. And I got, mm-hmm. I literally saw a photo of, I was at the airport over christmas and i was in the airport and i saw a photo of uh jane mansfield on the cover of a book and i just i was like it is mine i need this book and then i like looked at the book and it's like kenneth anger who's that i was like he was in the fucking movie that i just watched (laughs) anyway um but it talks about her like supposedly having an affair with anton lavey who's like the uh creator of the satanic bible and church of oh, satan yeah, and all that yeah, shit yeah. um so like it's like why that's important to point out why they go so well together and why they definitely had an affair and like even though it's speculatory nice. it's like it definitely happened um <laughs> and then um that's why i also watched my next movie rosemary's baby presents Mia Farrow in a William Castle production, Rosemary's Baby, co-starring John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, Morris Evans, and Ralph Bellamy, written for the screen and directed by Roman Polanski from the best-selling novel by Ira Levin, suggested for mature audiences. which is from 1968, which came after all of this shit happened that they're talking about in this movie. And it's just like all I this never realized, clicked in my head. Yeah, I never realized that movie was from 68. It, it's, it is. I always, I always think it's from the 80s. I don't know why. It's... It's but yeah, wow, it's so good, and like just the fact that people misinterpreted Rosemary's Baby. I'm not gonna like keep... I'm like... Everything now people talk about, I'm like, well, you know, in Rosemary's Baby, and I'm just like comparing everything to Rosemary's Baby. You now culturally. literally did that like multiple times over our break, and I was just like, Rosemary's Baby. I loved it. Just it. Made me laugh. It's I just, loved it. It's I love it. Like, yeah. It's also like just kind of like I guess in the, the in the show, the act, it's kind of the opposite of. I mean, she. Didn't like in the mm. it, yeah in the book she's like in an abusive relationship like it's about like marital rape, and huh. she just kind of has to decide at the end what she's gonna do. She tries to escape and she has no way out. So what does she do? She stays, and you're just like heartbroken. Mm. You're just like fuck no. She stays. She's like I'm gonna mm. raise the antichrist, I guess, because I literally have no other choice. <laughs> nice nice rosemary (laughs) um uh then the other movie that i saw is a film noir about a femme fatale who murders um this husband the husband's brother um it's called leave her to heaven Mm -hmm. it's from 1945 what shall be done with the jealous woman Jacques Donchild. if you were having the baby you'd love it well i never wanted it 
Richard and I never needed anything else. Now this. How can you say such wicked things? Sometimes the truth is wicked. The starring roles of Jean Tierney long ago revealed her as an incomparable dramatic artist. But in the part of Ellen in Leave Her to Heaven, she gives one of the truly great dramatic performances of our time. Of the devastatingly beautiful Ellen, it was said, she would cheat, lie, deceive, stop at nothing to make the man she loved her exclusive and it, possession. it was so good, let me tell you. I was like, who put this movie on my watch list? I don't remember. Yeah, it's just like a good movie. I don't really have much to add I love, to that. It's just, I love me a classic, femme fatale, we love it. You know, we love to see it. And it's got Vincent Price in it. Oh! He's like, he's like her ex-lover. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm like, oh, he's gay. Like, he's gay. <laughs> um, and my last movie on my list is kind of a bad movie. And it's funny because I discovered this movie through following a lot of Oingo Boingo Tumblr accounts. <laughs> <laughs> which are mostly like lesbians and trans trans people um that's pretty cool it's, that's like the same people who make kate bush memes yeah they're like they're all, all they're, they're all, all queer, queer women women and it's who like make kate bush memes. i love it and every everyone it. who makes oingo boingo memes is either a woman or a lesbian or a trans man so we stand um we stand it's several yeah the old guys on the facebook accounts but we're not going to go into that but anyway <laughs> A lot of people who apparently like Oingo Boingo like this movie called Reanimator from 1985. Dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. West brought a lot of dead people back to life, and not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West, you'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? It will scare you to pieces. And I, it's just on YouTube. You can just look it up and watch it. And I watched it, and it's not great. There's like a rapey scene. <laughs> um, it's the practical effects are goofy, but Ooh. it's also a HP uh, Lovecraft. I do stand. I do stand a good goofy practical. It's effect. really funny. You lie. would cackle your ass off. Um, but yeah, it's like an HP Lovecraft adaptation, but like really goofy. And I, honestly, it's just like two trans boys like flexing at each other. That's the movie. And there's like a, the main character is like a himbo. <laughs> I and I just love it. It's just, nice. it's like, why do trans men like it? I totally get why they do. <laughs> it's really weird. It's such a weird movie. Um, love it. Love it. The score is really good. Love it. Yeah. I think I think the only thing that I have left is Steven Universe Future. We are in the future. Here we are in the future and it's right. 
I still um, haven't seen so... it. I'm waiting. <laughs> it's good. I I really like it. I think that it addresses a lot of the problems that people have with the main Steven Universe show. Oh. In that it's very much like, okay, what do I do now that no one wants my help? Oh, oh fuck, I have to help myself. <laughs> Shit. Like... <laughs> So it, I mean, so it's interesting. I'm speechless. Yeah, it's, I really like it. It's, um, so it's an epilogue. It's not, it's no longer Steven Universe. It's Steven Universe Future. So it's its own thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It, I think it, it actually does have a lot to say about generational trauma. Yeah. And... Hmm figuring out where you fit in after someone has told you your entire existence this is what you're supposed to do how do you decide for yourself what you want outside of that i'm going through that right now (laughs) (laughs) yes well and it's well and it's interesting too because it's like okay steven's a teenager like he's not like and they in the last i mean this last episode um it's been like Two episodes every Saturday yeah. the past um, oh. month or so. Two every Saturday. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this this last one, they, I mean, they literally addressed like the gems are treating Steven like, like season one Steven. And he's like, guys, I, I gotta do work. Like, I gotta like do shit. Like, I'm. I'm not a kid anymore. Like wow, I feel that's it's really Steven. interesting. Like wow, yeah. Like like, and and how the gems are like we want to hang out with you, and he's like okay, but I'm not that anymore. And they're like it's okay, we we just want to hang out with you though. Like can we hang out with you? It's <laughs> <was> like ah, <laughs> yeah. I gotta do it's, work it's really good. on myself. Well, and like. <laughs> Well, it's funny because they have, like, Little Homeworld and, like, they have all these people from gem colonies that they're trying to rehabilitate into, like, Earth life and they're teaching them about Earth and it's really cute. And, like, Sadie has a new, Sadie has a new Yeah, I heard that. And they're non-binary. And they play, like, a funky instrument. I don't know what it's called, but it's, like, a synth recorder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I I saw that. I saw that shit. I was like, I'm fucking into it. Love that quirky oh. ass shit. Yeah, so we love it. We love Steven Universe plugging away mm. on being the gayest shit ever. It's like, uh, no one else is this gay. I guess I'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna be sad when it ends, but I'm excited to see. I'm gonna see how they end it. What? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited to see what Rebecca Sugar does next, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the last thing I want to say is that Missing Link won a Golden Globe, and I have a friend who works at Leica, and she won a Golden Globe, so good for her. That's cool. Yeah. Beat fucking Disney. Hell yeah. I hope they win an Oscar, too, because that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Because maybe they'll finally realize that stop-motion animation takes a fuck ton of work and looks ten times better than the CG bullshit that Disney shits out every fucking day, but, you know. Yeah, the only problem <laughs> I have with Leica is, like, the stories... Nip- oh. They're usually pretty 
they get a little yeah they like kind of fall apart at the end for the last few movies um but i love how they like they're beautiful and like Mm -hmm. i am like please fix your stories please please (laughs) well anyway we should uh, wrap it up anyway yes because i have to go walk my dogs um take a shower and go out to dinner with my fans because my mom's gonna be visiting my grandpa this weekend visit the band yeah have hang time yeah well yeah that's that's about that's it our 2019 uh stuff that we wanted to talk about yeah we got some episodes coming we got a very special cursed lost episode. The cursed episode. The cur- we've been trying to make because Nax has to find the one movie that is not available anywhere because I'm so fucking niche. I have to find the one movie, the one gay movie so I have, that doesn't exist. I have, I have the DVD. I still have not yet watched it because now it's like I'm like building it up in my head. But I just gotta sit down and watch it. Maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. I gotta Maybe rewatch it. Maybe I'll make my it. dad watch it this weekend. You make your yes. dad watch it. It's really bad. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. And I have some ideas of movies that I want to talk about. Um, yeah, I definitely want to talk and about that Jane Mansfield documentary. Holy shit! Yes, we're also gonna do a little bit more on monster sexuality, yeah. and queerness of monster yeah. love stories. Yeah, monster. I'm really excited monster for that. fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think I said I said in the mini sode that I want to do a Tu Wong Fu episode. Oh hell yeah, that I'm still stands. Rewatch that. Another one I want to talk about is Mrs. Doubtfire and the Birdcage. Oh my I think God. I want to do like a twofer. Uh, Robin Williams twofer. Yeah, back yeah, to back. Robin really... Williams. Uh, all right gotta walk the puppers um cue end thing goodbye goodbye When the kids on Cat Game are coming after you. <laughs> oh my god. Out. Even the people we met you met on Cat Game that listen to our podcast um, now, maybe. Who knows? They're probably yes, like Nightmare um, Before Christmas, yeah. tacky, and then they leave. Um, <laughs> who scored that right was it danny elfman yeah i think i found her on the spot <laughs> someday we have to do like we have to do like a mini thing where we just go through danny elfman's imdb and like, Thanks, some guy in Tacoma. I really like, don't. I'm sorry, you can't even move to Seattle. That happens so often. Da da da, do a dance. Wait for Julia. It's gonna not. <laughs>
I hate recording this because it takes 30 years. Thank you for listening to Biting the Hand. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Biting the Hand, Twitter at Biting the Pod. You can visit us on our website at bitingthehand.zone. You can find us, uh, if you really enjoyed us, you can uh, contribute on Patreon at Biting the Hand Podcast. And if there's anything you would like to see us explore in the future, you can feel free to email us at bitingthehandpod at gmail.com. Thank you, and come back next week.